Hey guys, the way you see your life will shape your life. It is what in the business world they call your paradigm, how you see your life, how you see your world and how you operate in that world. Well, what we want to look at throughout this series is how do we see our lives from a biblical perspective? And as we develop more of a biblical perspective of how we see our life, it will more shape our lives into a more biblical type of lifestyle. Now, I've got a little um, water bottle here, and I want to I want to show you something. What? And I don't know how this is going to come over on screen. I'm not shooting it that way. The uh, our tech team's freaking out here thinking I'm going to shoot them with the water. But look at Steve. Steve, you can see this. You see that? It's just a little mist up in the air. Look, I can even do it from this side. It's just a little mist that comes up in the air, and then it disappears. Well, you know what? That's one of the things that the Bible says is our life. That's the way we should see our life. In James chapter 4, verse 14. Look at this passage. And, and it's really uh, amazing when you stop and think about this, because we seem to think that life will go on forever. Now, the older we get, the more the reality becomes real to us that that is not the case. But look at this verse, James 4, 14. What is life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, and then boom, you're gone. See, that's what this is. It's a mist. It's here. You get a little damp, and then it's gone. It's gone. And that's what our life is. It's here for a little while, and then it vanishes. Now, what we want to do is know, is we want to figure out what do we do with the little time we have, okay? How do we... How do we make a difference? How do we make the most of what God has given us? And that's what we're looking at here, not just today, but throughout this series. How can we make the most of what God gives us? In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Those who are trusted with something valuable must show they are worthy of that trust. And we're going to get into that a little more specifically a little later in the message. But for right now, I just want you to think about the fact of what God has trusted you with. He has trusted you with life on this earth. Throughout this series, we're going to be looking at how God is trusting us with our talents, with our time, with our treasures, our finances, with our team or our relationships that we have with people. Even our troubles. Listen, God, God trusts you with those troubles to be able to work through those things. And you may be like Mother Teresa who once said, you know, I know that, that God will not allow me to have anything more than I can bear. But sometimes I just wish he didn't trust me so much. <laughs> have you ever felt that way? But God has, has entrusted us with much value. <laughs> And what we got to decide is, how are we going to make the most with what God gives us? Now, several years ago, I heard Rick Warren uh, refer to three life metaphors. I've heard it from other people since then, but I heard it originally uh, from 
from Rick Warren. And we're just going to go through those. Okay. And first and foremost, um, one of the life metaphors that, that he uses is, is that life is a test. Life is a test. This, this is not the end. We're just preparing for eternity. This life that we are in right now, this is just a test. God is, is seeing how we handle things. He's given us ministries. He's given us talents. He's given us treasure and, and, and finances and relationships and all these things to see how we handle these things. And listen, some tests are small. Some tests are big. Sometimes God may kind of withdraw a little bit to see how we handle things. In 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 31, we see this happening with Hezekiah. It said that God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. Now, let me just clarify there. You know, there is a passage of scripture that says that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And that is absolutely true. And you may ask, okay, then what does this mean? If God's never going to leave us, how does he withdraw from us? That doesn't make sense. Well, let me use an illustration. Those of you who are parents, you know that when your kids were little, you did everything for them. You had to change their clothes. You had to change their diaper. You had to feed them. You had to put them to sleep. You had to wake them up. If you went anywhere, you had to take them with you. As they began to grow, they began to do some of those things on their own. Do you remember the first time you just stepped back and let your kid tie their shoes for the first time? Do you remember that experience? For some, it's a very frustrating experience because they're wanting some independence and you want to give them that independence and yet they can't do it quite yet. What are they doing? They're being tested. They're being tested on whether they can tie their shoes or not. And sometimes you have to step in. Sometimes you're able to just stay back and they figure it out and they get it done. And you know what? Eventually you get to the point where you never have to tie their shoes again. Okay. At one time, both my kids, I had to tie their shoes. I haven't tied their shoes in a long time. Okay. Because it's just, they've, they've been able, I've been able to withdraw myself from them in that regard. And sometimes we've got to be wise enough as parents to allow our kids to make some mistakes because they learn from those mistakes. They learn from those failures. Doesn't mean we forsake them. It's not like we're turning our back on them and we're completely leaving them and we're completely out of their lives, but we withdraw a little bit just to test them, to see if they're ready to tie their shoes. Sometimes God may withdraw just a little bit. Just to step back and see if you're ready to tie your shoes, metaphorically. <laughs> and so God puts us in these tests. And what we've got to answer is, how are we going to respond when God seems distant? <laughs> how are we going to respond when we feel like that maybe God isn't taking care of every little issue in our lives right then and there at that moment. And we're like, God, where are you? You said you'd never leave me. You said you'd never forsake me. You said that you would help me with my problems. What's going on? I don't feel like you're here. 
Listen, he's there. He may be withdrawing just a little bit to see how you handle the situation, to see what is really in your heart. <laughs> he's not forsaking you, but he's allowing you to go through this test, this test to see how you handle the situation, how it shapes you, how it matures you, how it changes the way you look at life. He's testing you to see how you make the most of what he has given you. And when you pass the test, this is the great thing. When you pass the test, there is a reward coming. Look at this passage in James uh, chapter 1, verse 12. It says, blessed are those who endure when they are tested. <laughs> For when they pass the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When you pass the test, the crown is coming, folks. <laughs> the ultimate test. When we go through this life and we continue to follow Jesus, we know that one day, one day we're going to leave this world and we're going to spend eternity with him in heaven. We will receive that crown of life that God has promised to those who what? To those who are perfect? No. To those who have been able to keep the law to the letter? No. To those that have been able to memorize a hundred verses in the Bible? No. What does it say? <laughs> when they pass the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, is loving God. When you go through the test, how is that going to affect the way you love God? Is it going to cause you to withdraw your love from God and say, God, I'm not sure you're there. I'm not sure you're for me. I'm not sure you love me. Or is it going to cause you, is it going to draw, cause you to love him more and draw you closer to him? I say, God, I need you. I need you. How are you going to pass the test? And when we do, when we pass that test, we will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. I don't like the test. Most of the time, I don't like the trials and the troubles that I go through. But you know what? I love the way that God works in my life as a result of the test. I don't always like the test, but I like the results. When I keep my perfection, perspective correct and I continue to lean on him even when he withdraws some and my love for him grows man it was worth it it was worth the test when I get the results and especially especially when I receive that ultimate result of spending eternity with him in heaven, when I no longer have to deal with these tests, with these troubles, with these trials, with these hardships, with this pain, I will be able to look back and say, wow, I passed the test and it was worth the while. Life 
is a test. <laughs> the second metaphor is that life is a trust. Life on earth is a trust. We already looked at this passage, but we're going to look at it again in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 2. And it says, those who... Okay. Those who are trusted with something valuable must show they are worthy of that trust. <laughs> when God entrusts us with something valuable, whether it's our very lives or our, our finances, our talents, our troubles, our relationships, our time, all of this stuff is valuable. How we pass that test that we talked about earlier shows how much we can be trusted in each one of those areas. And God is able to see what is really in our heart. If you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the parable of the talents, where Jesus told this story about the master who gave a certain amount of talents to his servants. The one he gave five, the other one he gave two, and the one he gave one. And he said, I'm going to be gone for a while. Uh, I want you to take care of these until I get back. He got back and, and the first one had doubled his. And the second one had doubled his. And the third one had hid his and didn't do anything with it. But I want to look at what he said to those that doubled theirs, to those who, when entrusted with something valuable, did something valuable with that valuable thing. Okay, that's what God is calling us to do. When God entrusts us with something valuable, he wants us to do something valuable with the valuable thing he's entrusted to us. He doesn't want us to hide it. I don't know if you remember this song when you were a little kid. When I was a little kid, we used to sing this song in, in Sunday school and vacation Bible school. It said, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You guys remember that song? Well, there was one verse of that song that said, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Listen, God doesn't entrust us with things that are valuable so that we can hide it under a bush. So that we can dig a hole in the ground and hide it in the air. He wants us to share that. Listen, especially our faith. Is there anything you have more valuable than your faith? What are we doing with that? What are we doing with this valuable thing that God has entrusted with us? I want to look. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, this is the way the master responded to the servants who invested those talents, invested that money, and made it grow. Now, we're going to break this down a little bit. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to go back through it. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. <laughs> now we see three things going on here in this passage, okay? For those that when, when the master entrusted them with something valuable, 
that they did something valuable with that thing of value. This is what the master said. Well done, good and faithful servant. First of all, he gave he gave them affirmation. <laughs> he said, well done. Way to go. Good job. I appreciate that. You have, you have shown what a person needs to do when they're entrusted with something of value. Well done, good and faithful servant. So there's affirmation. Secondly, there's a promotion. Look at this. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. You see, when we're in faithful in the small things that God gives us, he gives us more. He gives us more to be faithful with, more to be stewards of. And listen, when the Bible uses the word stewardship, it really means management. When we're talking about life management, we're talking about life stewardship. Because <laughs> realize none of this belongs to us. None of it belongs to us. Not our time, not our talents, not our treasure, not our relationships, not even our troubles. Okay? God just entrusts us with these things <laughs> as a steward, as a manager of those things. This is life management, making the most of what God gives us. And when, and, and when our master, who is God, sees that we are faithful in a few things, he will put us in charge of many things. There's affirmation, there's uh, promotion. And then there's celebration. Come and share your master's happiness. Let's celebrate. You've done a good job. I'm going to put you in charge of more things. I'm going to promote you. Let's celebrate. Let's have a party. All right. This is something to celebrate. When we do something valuable with something that God has entrusted us with that is valuable, I believe it makes God not only smile, I believe it makes him celebrate. <laughs> I believe it makes God ecstatic. When I, when I first went to Bible college, I was introduced to Tony Campolo's writings. And the first book that I read by Tony Campolo, I love this title. It was called The Kingdom of God is a Party. I love it. The Kingdom of God is a Party. And when we are faithful in the things that God entrusts to us, <laughs> We have reason to party. We have reason to celebrate. That is, that is much more valuable than any sports team's victory or championship or any of that stuff. And listen, I love watching my sports. I love watching my UK Wildcats. They beat a good team yesterday. And man, I was celebrating about that. But that all of that stuff will disappear. But the things that God has entrusted us with, they have eternal significance. Is God going to be able to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Life is not only a test. It's also a trust. And then the third metaphor, life on earth is a temporary assignment. We talked about this earlier. We're not going to be here forever. We're here for a short while and we're gone. Remember what we what we said in James? It's but a mist. It's here for a while. We enjoy this life and then we're gone. 
Okay. Everything that we've done is hopefully we leave a legacy we can pass down to others. Hopefully we leave, leave an eternal legacy that we'll be able to celebrate when we get to heaven. And we can say, hey, I know why you're here. And they're going to say, yes, I am here because you were faithful with the gospel. You shared your faith with me, or I heard you online, or I came to your church, or I was at, at church camp one year when you were working church camps, and man, I just decided to give my life to Jesus. Those things are eternal, okay? It's not just about this earth, not just about this life. This life on earth is a temporary assignment. Our life is but a mist. Look how this passage in, in the book of Psalms uh, reinforces this. Psalm 39, verse 4 says, Lord, help me to realize how brief my time on earth will be. Help me to know that I am here for but a moment. I'm only here for a moment. Make the most of what God has given you in this moment. We're not promised tomorrow. We don't know. We don't know when. OK, I, I may live another 51 years. That's my goal. I'm going to live to be 100 and then I'm going to eat donuts and ice cream until I kill over. OK, you're invited to my party. If you're still hanging around at that point, you're you're invited to my party. <laughs> Bring your own donuts. All right. That, that's my goal. I want to live to be 100 and just go out on my 100th birthday. But that may not be the case. I have a little bit of control over that, but not a whole lot of control over that. I'm, I may leave this world today. Okay, this may be the last sermon I ever preach because I may die before I'm able to preach next Sunday. We don't know. We don't know. And even if I do preach next Sunday, guess what? You may not be here to hear it. Because your life may come to an end. Our life on earth is brief. We are only here for a moment. It's but a mist that is here and then it disappears. The quality of our life is not necessarily based on the length of our life. The quality of our life is based on making the most of what God gives us. What are we doing with what God has given us here on this earth <laughs> because this earth is not our home. Not. We call places home. Oh, I'm, I'm, I got to be home by six. I mean, that's not home. It's not home. Look at this passage out of Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Uh, Paul refers to us as Christ ambassadors. We are Christ ambassadors. What is an ambassador? Well, an ambassador is someone um, from our country that you, that they would send to another country to represent us. Um, sometimes it's for a temporary period of time. Sometimes for, it's for a long period of time. But you don't give up your citizenship. You're still a citizen of the United States of America. Whatever country you're in, you don't become a citizen of that country. You're still a citizen of the United States of America. Or I mean, whatever country you're from, wherever you go, you're still a citizen of your home country. You're just an ambassador. 
to this other other country, being a representative of some kind. And typically, typically this is this is uh, has some uh, political uh, connections with it. Being a a representative in another country. What would happen if an ambassador went to another country and after a period of time they thought, you know, I think I'd rather be a citizen of this country. I don't want to be a citizen of the U.S. anymore. I'm going to be a citizen of this country. What would we what would what would our country consider that? It'd be a traitor. You're forsaking your home for for something else. You were supposed to represent us. You were supposed to be a representation of who we are in that country. And now you've 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 dropped that responsibility. Now think of that in light of this verse. We are Christ's ambassadors. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our home is in heaven. That's that's the kingdom that we belong to. Not here. And yet oftentimes I believe we are tempted and I'm as tempted as anybody to treat this like home. Treat this like home. We want to be careful that we do not trade in our citizenship in heaven in order to be a citizen in this foreign land of which we are ambassadors. Our citizenship is in heaven. The end of life is not the end. The end of life is not the end. In some regards, you could even say it's the beginning. This world is not our home. There's an old hymn called This World Is Not My Home. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Um, I know last week I had the guitar and I was I was leading with worship. Um, Allie, thank you for being back this week. I hope I hope you had a great week off. We need those. I need those. Joe needs those. You need those. We all need those from time to time. Um, but it sure does help me appreciate even more <laughs> what you do. Um, but there's this song called This World Is Not My Home. And I, I just want to sing a part of it for you. And I want you to listen to the words of this song. It goes like this. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are all laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels, they beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. 
If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels, they beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. This world is not our home. If you feel uncomfortable in this world, it's probably a good thing. Because this world is not our home. Several years ago, there was a missionary coming home. He'd been on the mission field for several years. He was coming home to the United States. Uh, he was had just so happened to be on the same ship that was bringing him home as the president of the United States. And when they got to the U.S., there was this big party for the president of the United States. There was a band and there were all these cheers and everything. And this missionary came off the boat and nobody even noticed. And he got the feeling sorry for himself to the point that he, he, he began to complain to God. He said, God, I've, I've served you on the mission field. I've done your work. And man, look at this. I, I don't even get so much as a hello when I come home. And he said it was at that moment that he felt like God was reminding him, my child, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. This world is not our home. As a follower of Jesus, we've got a better place waiting for us. <laughs> While we're here on earth, we will go through the test. We will be trusted with things of value. And we need to show our worthiness in those things. But at the same time, we got to realize that this is a temporary assignment. Make the most of what God has given you in this short period of time that you're here. But realize this is not your home. And if you don't know Jesus, let me just assure you, this is not your home either. And the only way we can get home is through Jesus. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you that you love us the way you do. God, we thank you that you have uh, that you've put us here on, on earth for a purpose. And God, I pray that you be with us. <laughs> as we go through those tests, that we will pass the test. That God, that you will be with us, that when you entrust us with things of valuable, that we will treat those things with much value. And that God, in the midst of it all, you will help us to understand that this life on earth is a temporary assignment. We're just getting prepared for spending eternity with you in the kingdom of heaven. And I'm looking forward to that day, not only for me, but for every one of my brothers and sisters in Jesus. It's in his precious name that we pray. Amen.